0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Tuesday, November the 30th, 2021. It is currently 4.15 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church, located right here in the middle of nowhere, Texas, And I hope you'll give me a little of your time to consider some of the thoughts I want to share with you. Hopefully, you will try your best to understand what I am saying and not jump to any conclusions. This episode, really, it actually started being put together early this morning, starting at around 5 a.m., I started receiving email after email after email, and these emails have continued throughout the day. All the way to just probably about three minutes ago, I received another one. Starting at around 5 a.m., I received one email after another from different ministries, from all kinds of different ministries, sending me a, an email, and then another one would send me an email. Sometimes the same ministry would have has emailed me two, three, four times today. Why do you think on this day, Tuesday, November the 30th, 2021, why do you think so many ministries are emailing me today? Do you think it's because they they need something from me? They want something from me? Why? And why today? Why Tuesday, November the 30th? Does any does anyone have a, a guess? Does anyone have a suggestion? Why do you think? Just, I mean, this is not normal. All of these emails that just keep coming in today. This, this is abnormal. Now, I do get a lot of emails from a lot of different ministries on a pretty regular and consistent basis, but not like just, I mean, literally, I think the first one came in at about 5.04 a.m. And it's just been, I would say almost on the hour, I have received emails from different ministries. Why? Why? What's going on? Well, we're going to talk about what's going on. We're going to talk about why I was—I have been receiving these emails. I'm even going to read some of them to you, uh, because I want you to hear what's going on. I want you to understand it. But here, but before we get to any of that, before we get to any of that, I need to ask you a very important question. Why do you think certain ministries are extremely successful? Now. Now, no, you got you got to wait. Wait, wait before you start throwing out your answers. I know you may be tempted to start basically throwing out the church answers, right? The church answers would be something like this. Well, how do we define success of a ministry? The the definition of success for a ministry is it's faithfulness to God's word. Is it preaching God's word? Is it handling God's word correctly? Is it ministering to people? That's how we define success. Everyone can become very sanctimonious. Everyone can become very self-righteous, and we can all give that very good-sounding Church answer, right? Where we sound like, yes, ministry is about serving God. Ministry is about faithfulness to God's word. Ministry is about ministering and caring for people. That's what ministry is. If a ministry is doing that, they are successful. We don't care about numbers. We don't care about any of those things. That's what we say. But in practice, I think we have a very different philosophy. So let me ask the question this way How do we why do we think or why do you think ministries are successful not from the spiritual perspective but from a very earthly human perspective let, let me try to even be more blunt Why do you think some ministries are very successful and we will define that sex we will define that success as how many people listen, how many people attend, how much money they bring in, how big they are, how famous they are. We'll, we'll define success in those terms. Why do you think some ministries are so successful when it comes to numbers of people, the, 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 the size of their ministry, their outreach, how, how far that outreach extends? Why do you think some ministry reaches a certain level of success that other ministries seem to never come anywhere close to. There are some ministries that seem to always remain extremely small. They are viewed as being extremely insignificant because they don't become one of these major ministries that we see here in the United States of America and even in, in some places around the world. I, I can't speak for ministries around the world, but I can think of some ministries located in some other countries that are very well known, that have a global outreach, very successful, again, from that human perspective. I know that you're saying, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Ministry success should be defined as, I understand that we can give the very spiritual answer. And when I say sanctimonious or self-righteous, I'm not trying to say that that's the wrong answer. I'm just saying that we have a tendency to throw out the correct theological or biblical answer, but that answer is nothing more than the right answer. It really doesn't register with us internally or inside because I've seen lots of people who will give that answer, but they will still say things about ministries that are small, that seems to clearly indicate that even though they have the right answer in their heart, that little small ministry that's, that seems to be insignificant, they will treat it as insignificant. They will almost act like they should just shut their doors. They should just, they should just give up because clearly they're not doing anything clearly. Listen, wait for it. Clearly God is not using them. Because if God was using them, they would be doing this, 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 and this. We do have, whether we like to admit it or not, a checklist that determines in our mind if a ministry is successful and if a ministry is even worth supporting and if that ministry should even continue. If if a ministry doesn't do certain things, people could just kind of look at it like, I don't know what they're doing. They should just give up. They should just close their doors. They should just, it's a failure. They, they, they failed. It's pathetic. Everybody should just move on. Now they may not, people may not want to say it in such a blunt way, but internally those think that thinking is there and sometimes it will slip out. It will, it will make it through all of that sanctimonious, self-righteous church answers. I I If you've listened to me for any length of time, you know I hate church answers. A lot of times when I ask questions in my sermons, I will tell everyone, no, don't give me the church answer. Don't give me the church. I hate church answers because we can't get anywhere until we answer things from a very honest perspective. And sometimes that honesty demonstrates a lack of spirituality, And I think we just have a tendency to view success from a very earthly perspective. How big is your ministry? How many people are attending? How much money are you bringing in? What are you doing? And we start adding all of these specific criteria to it. So what truly makes ministries successful? I grabbed a notebook just a little while ago. And I just started writing down some things, right? This is what I put. I put, What is truly the reason for a successful ministry? Again, successful being defined in a very earthly way. And so I just started writing down some things. Is it personality? In other words, do you have a pastor or a ministry leader that just has the right personality? They know when to shake hands. They know when to kiss babies. They just—they're just very social, outgoing. They just—they—they they have a winning personality, and people are just drawn to them. When they talk, they're like, "Wow, that there's there's a charisma about them." They're, they just have—they just do all of those things you're supposed to do. And I'm not saying that they're sinful, but they're just, people are drawn to their personality. And because they're drawn to their personality, they want to go to their church. They want to listen to them, their podcast, whatever the case may be. There's just something about how they speak, the cadence of their speech, the volume of their speech, the pausing. They just do everything right with their personality, and people are just drawn to them. How... How much of ministry success has more to do with personality of the leader than it has anything to do with teaching, scripture, theology? That, that That's almost secondary. Now I know you're going to say, no, 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 it, that never happens. Oh, come on, let's be honest. You can walk into two churches, and one church may be more theologically sound, but you don't like the personality of the person. You will convince yourself, that the other church is better and it's more because of personality. But and you just can't admit it because that makes you well, it doesn't make you sound very spiritual. So how much of it is it is it personality? Number two, how much of it is it speaking ability? I kind of mix those two together, but you get the idea. Idea personality, and then how much is speaking ability, their communication skills? Now, here I will focus on their communication skills as far as when they teach or when they do a podcast. I was adding communication skills more in line with their personality. Just when they speak to people in a normal conversational way, people are just drawn to them. Here is speaking ability as far as their preaching, their teaching is something about their voice, something about the way they speak, and you're just drawn to it. Listen, there are times I think people will be drawn to a speaker even if their their theology is questionable, because of the person's speaking style, and there's other times people won't listen to someone because their speaking style just it's not pleasant. They don't like it. They, they they there's just something about that person, and they will be they will they will walk away from that person. That you cannot deny that this has to have an impact in it. So number one, personality. Number two, speaking ability. Number three, now you. People may not believe this, but what about looks? And we live in a very shallow culture, right? Looks go a long way. When you see that pastor, do they just look ministerial? Whatever that, that look is supposed to be. Is it something about they look? Do they have that face that's perfect for marketing? They look. You can put them on a flyer. You can put them on a poster. You can put them on a billboard. You can put their face on the website. How much of it do you think is um, based off looks? You just look at that person. You're like, okay, they look like a man. You look at that person like, ah, they don't really look ministerial. They, they, and they just, you just kind of overlook them or ignore them. How much of it do you think is looks? Next, programs. How, how much of success That ministry's experience is based more on the programs they offer. They have this program, they have this program, they have this activity, they have this, they have this, they have this, and people will say, no, 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 I'm here for the preaching, I'm here for the theology, I'm here for the doctrine but in reality they're for, they're for all of the programs and everything they offer and all that that church can give them. Now they would never tell you that. They would never say I go to that church because of that program or that activity or or that club or 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 that event or that. they would not say that because again you, you only have to be a Christian for a very li- a limited amount of time till you start learning oh okay this is the way I'm supposed to think. This is how I'm supposed to answer questions. This is how I'm supposed to feel. But how much, when it comes to ministerial success, how much of it do you think is based off personality, speaking ability, looks, and programs? Here's another one. How much, how much of the success that some ministries experience is based off their facilities, their buildings, some people don't want to go to a church that doesn't have a nice building. Like if it's a little storefront church, it looks, I hate to say this, it may, people may view it as it look trashy. It looks embarrassing. I don't want people to know I go there. Oh, but that nice, beautiful building across the street, that looks nice. I want people to know that I go there. I got no problem taking pictures of that and posting it on social media. I I I remember and and only reason I I say this one and you may you may say that this has nothing to do with it but I I will just share an experience. There were two people who attended my church a long time ago, long time ago. And they were very faithful, they showed up. Uh the the uh the mel of of the two people, the the uh he was in the military and we went out to eat lunch. We had all kinds of doctrinal conversations, theological conversations. Just lots of discussion, lots of, I thought he was growing. I thought things were going well. When he had some problems, he confessed those problems. And I thought we worked through those. I thought everything was going really, 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 really well. But at some point, for some reason, they decided to say, peace out. I think maybe it was more of the female. She didn't like the church as much as he did. Whatever the case may be, we could, we, you know, sometimes as a pastor, you, you don't ever really know why someone leaves, but they left and i think they'd been gone maybe a week maybe 2 weeks i don't know it was it took them very short amount of time to find another church and and literally like 2 weeks in 3 weeks in on facebook they were posting photographs of their brand new church and about how beautiful it was. And they had never taken a picture here. They'd never taken a picture. They weren't sharing this church on social media because we're a little church in the middle of nowhere, Texas, in a broken down building, all right? Literally, there's nothing here you would want to take a picture of. I understand that. There's nothing here. Now, I am somewhat like, and from a human perspective here, I put it this way, I am proud, and I don't mean that in an unscriptural way, but I am happy with the improvements we've made inside this building. If you would have been here the very first time I ever preached in this building compared to what it looks like today, we've come a long way. Oh, do we have a long ways to go? Oh, yes. Yeah. If we had, if we had all kinds of money, we could make it even look nicer, but we don't. So w- what we have is what we have. Hopefully we take good care of it. And most importantly, hopefully we use this building to the best of our ability. But I just, it just, it struck me as, okay, so new church, boom, they're posting pictures of it on social media. Now, it may, it may not mean anything and I may be reading more into it, but I just think that there, I've, I've heard this stated by people in ministry that if you build it, they will come. You build the nice big Beautiful looking building, even if it's not big. You build the nice looking building and people will come. So it in some cases it's worth go in debt, spend the money, build it, and they will come. You will increase the number of people who start walking. Now they may walk in and walk out, so you've got to have you've got to do more than that, but they will have a far greater chance if if like if this building was torn down and a nice building popped up in its place, would we increase the number of people walking through the front door? I will argue we would at least temporarily. I could be wrong, but I just believe that there's too many statistics to prove that's the okay, case. So is it buildings that, that determines a ministry's success? How about marketing? Is, is a church's success or is a ministry's success, and, I, and ministry, church, I'm using it interchangeably, Whatever it's a, whatever ministry it is, whether it's a church, whatever, however you want to define it, how much of it is marketing? What do I mean by marketing? Well, they're doing radio ads and TV ads, and they've got billboards, and they've got they're sending out flyers. I don't know how many times I will go to my uh, mailbox, and here's this nice. Obviously, they, they they paid someone to design it. It's a nice looking flyer that's sent out from some large church. We could never send a flyer out like that. We we wouldn't even have the money to produce it, so we're limited. They're not, so they can. They, they, you have money, you spend money. You, you know the old saying: you you know if you have if you have money, you can make money, right? You got to you got to spend money to make money, but you got to have the money to spend. But if you have money, you can spend that money to make more money. Well, when you're a small church, you don't have that money to spend on marketing, therefore you don't benefit from it. But how much is marketing? I mean, some churches just. They they just completely just bombard an area with flyers and this, and and they've got they've got the they've got they're everywhere. Well, they've got the money to do that. How much of it is just old fashioned marketing? You get it out there, you will finally find the audience. Right? So, how much of it is personality? How much of it is it speaking ability? How much of it is it looks? How much of it is programs? How much of it is it building? And how much is it marketing? I think those those are some important questions to ask about the success of ministry. Now, listen to what I'm about to say. I am not saying that every time a ministry is big, every time it's successful, every time there's lots of people that you immediately criticize it and say, well, the only reason they're successful is because of these things. I'm not saying to do that. I'm saying, though, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a good question to ask. I think, I don't think it's being, I don't think it's being cynical or sinful to ask that question. What makes that ministry successful? I think it's a valid question. I think it's valid. I think it's reasonable and I think it's okay. But we have a tendency, even though we may not say it, We have a tendency. Oh, that ministry is growing. Their attendance is increasing. There's an excitement there. They're they're doing all kinds of things. They got all these programs. And we slowly but surely, sometimes it's very easy to then say, God must be moving. God must be blessing. So if they're growing, if they're building, if they're thinking, God is blessing. If there is a little ministry not growing seeming to be stagnated, nothing is really happening. We may say, God is not moving there. That is dead. They should just give up and move on. Well, wait a minute. What determines that? Who determines is success based off that very surface level perspective? Does that determine success in ministry? Now, if we go to the Bible, can we find... I mean, just look at the ministry of Jesus before it was all said and done. I mean, the crowds left him. All right, so he, in other words, instead of a building. He he got he gathered a, a large crowds. There were multitudes following him. They all walked away, and then his very he's left with basically twelve people. One of them completely betray him outright. So now he's down to eleven. One denies him three times. So he's now he's down to ten. And then when all, everything falls apart, they all take off running. Uh, you could say you could you could talk of, of John sticking around, but almost everyone took off so where and and, the, and everyone was screaming crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him now now when you say that people say well that's Jesus that had to happen so that doesn't apply to ministry but what wasn't he ministering to people was that not a valid ministry who are you to say that just because things are not I mean, is it possible that growth and numbers and all of that may actually not be God moving and blessing? Maybe it's just merely earthly success. I'm not saying that that's what it means. I'm saying, but it's possible. And maybe it's possible that the one that appears to not be doing much, maybe that is God blessing. Maybe that is God working. Like we, we, we attach God's blessing and working to material gain, to money, to numbers, to buildings, to activities. Now, Some say, well, it's based on how many people make a profession of faith. Well, there's been big ministries where thousands and thousands of people made a profession of faith, and then afterwards, you have nothing to show for it. Go look at the ministry of, of Charles Finney. And what that became known as the burned, burned over area where he did all of that ministry, all these supposed professions of faith. And when it was all said and done, the area was just burned over. There was no true revival. There was no true godliness. And they didn't want to hear any more about God. In a sense, the, the area had just kind of been burned over like a fire came through and burned it up. And then there was a hardness and a deadness. But people just said, see, God was moving. Was he? Maybe there was some small ministry somewhere who didn't have all that. Maybe they were being successful. Now I know. Listen, 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 listen. I know this is a little self-serving here, right? Because I'm the little small ministry in the middle of nowhere, so I could be saying this just to justify my own existence. I mean, because there's been plenty of people who would say, "Look, as small as you are, y'all should just shut down and give up. It's never going to happen. You're never going to be successful." Just stop. And you know what? There's times I can say, you know what? I probably should. I probably should. Now, the only thing I've tried to do is no matter how small we are here is never give up and t- attempting to, to not think small, to, to, to do what we can, like turning on a microphone, doing live broadcast and trying to minister to people around the world that we may be small here, but that doesn't mean we are small in our reach, outreach or impact. Now, it's hard for people here to see that. People drive by and go, they're a joke. Well, we may be a joke, but maybe maybe, maybe God is working in a way that you don't see. Maybe it's not always seen because we have a new building project or, or we have this many people in the parking lot. Maybe, but it's very easy. You drive by one church, you look at all the cars in the parking lot, you look at how many people in our parking lot. I cannot tell you how many times we, I'll leave this church after a Wednesday night. Typically, Wednesday nights and Sunday nights is when it has the most profound impact on me. And then I'll dr- start driving home and I'll drive past the church and I'll look at how many cars in their parking lot. And I will literally say to myself, I'm a failure. I'm an absolute complete failure because I don't have as many cars in the parking lot. Now I now you're saying you should not think that way. Hey, I'm just, look, this is not about, again, being sanctimonious, self-righteous, giving me the church answers. I'm saying that that's deep down in, in the heart. What makes a ministry successful. Now, why am I asking all these questions? And what does it have to do with all the emails I've started receiving? Well, here is the one I really want you to think about. How much of a ministry's success is determined by money? How much of a ministry's success is determined by money? You can have a very small church. But if you have some very wealthy people in that church. You can make your building look super nice. You can buy all the best equipment. You can market that thing to death. You can, you can have them pay for flyers and advertisements. You can do so much. Even if you're small. If you've got a lot of money coming in. You can, you can in a sense act big. You can say, well, look, they just sent out a thousand flyers. We'll send out ten thousand flyers. If you've got if even if you're small, if you've got people with lots of money and they are giving, you can do a lot of things that in a sense not only makes you look bigger, but you can then act bigger, which then maybe you can then attract bigger crowds. How much of it is just bottom line, those who have the money are those who can build successful ministries. Now, here's the reason I'm asking this question. I'm going to open my iPad here. Today is Giving Tuesday. It's Giving Tuesday. Now, if you don't know what Giving Tuesday is, you can look it up. Here's just a basic idea. Giving Tuesday, often stylized as hashtag Giving Tuesday, uh, for the purposes of hashtag activism, it is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving in the United States. It is touted as a global generosity movement unleashing the power of people and organizations to transform their communities and the world. The idea is to get people in a sense to do, to encourage people to do good, to encourage people to give. It's Giving Tuesday. Hey, let's make the world a better place by encouraging people to give. What can they give to to help people to make things better? Now, Giving Tuesday, that's what it's about. Now, what's interesting is that ministries, which is supposed to be there to minister to people, every single email I receive today from ministries mentioned that it's Giving Tuesday, but it wasn't... <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt here. I did not receive any emails from ministries saying, hey, it's Giving Tuesday, and we would like to give you this. No, 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 no. Ministries were emailing me saying, hey, it's Giving Tuesday. Give us money. So it's Giving Tuesday, which is to, you know, encourage giving and people to do good, and all of the emails I started receiving at about 5.04 a.m. has been for ministries, and they all want someone to give. It's not them giving. They want me to give, and lots of dollar amounts have been mentioned in these emails. Let's just go through a bunch of these. In fact, I just got another one. I, I literally I, um 4:36 I just received another one. They are coming in like the the rate they're coming in is literally I mean I know you may think I'm exaggerating but it's absolutely crazy. All right? So I'm going to go all the way down here. The one I'm looking at um is 6 was sent at 6:04 a.m. I'm going to just start with the 6:04 a.m. All right? Here here is what uh, I I I saw when I opened the email. 6:04 a.m. It says pastor uh, it's uh from Pastor Jeff, from His Heart Ministries. And it says, make an eternal difference. Hey, we need you to help us make an eternal difference. And how can I make this eternal difference? Well, then it has this nice little graphic, Giving Tuesday, and then a little thing that says, give now. So it's Giving Tuesday. The ministry is contacting me not to give me something, but for me to give to them so that I can make an eternal difference. I can make an eternal difference by giving to them. Now, look, this ministry, um, from his heart, ministries, far more successful than I will ever be, far bigger outreach than I will ever have. But guess what they seem to need to be able to continue to do that? They need money. So is their success Based off something spiritual, or is it based off money and now they need more money to continue to have that success? Well, let's just read a little bit here. It says, Trevor, it's Giving Tuesday, a global day of generosity for you. <laughs> no, please no. It's a day of global generosity for you. Hey, hey, this is a this is Giving Tuesday and we need you to be generous not 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 them to be generous I didn't get an email from pastor Jeff going hey what can I do for you? What what could we do? What could our ministry do to help you? What what do you need? What 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 could we do to assist you? What, what do you need? You know, you, do, you, do you need new tires on your car? Well, yes, I do. Thank you very much. Do, do you need uh what do you need? Like I, I could go on and on and on. What what do you need? But no, 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 no. The ministry wants to know that it's a giving day of genero it's a day of generosity, and I have now the opportunity to be generous to Them, you you have to at least see the irony there. It's a day of generosity and ministries, which just the very word seems that you are there to minister to other people, wants this to be a day that I can minister to them, all right, by giving them money. All right, so here's what it says. It's It's Giving Tuesday, a global day of generosity for you to step up and support the causes closest to your heart. Today, I'm going to be bold and ask you for the first gift to ask you, ask for your first gift to from his heart to help reach a $25,000 Giving Tuesday goal. They want to reach $25,000, $25,000. Thousand dollars. Now I don't even know what I would do with twenty five thousand dollars in this church. I really don't know. I, 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 I could buy a new computer. I, I, I don't know. I could. We could. We could put siding on the building, make it look a little nicer. I, we, maybe we could work on our parking lot. That's just basically. Dirt. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe we could pave the, pave the parking lot. That would be, that would be good. Maybe, maybe we could, oh, we could get a new sign. The sign in our church is literally 20 years old. Maybe we could get a new sign. Who knows what we could do? 20, but they want $25,000. Well, guess what? When a ministry has $25,000, they can do things which leads to growth. So they go on to say, it's ambitious, and it's for one day only, and it will only be met if friends like you decide to give now. Hey, it's ambitious, and we're going to try to do this in one day. And one day, they want to raise $25,000 in a 24-hour period. But hey, if I will do my part, they can reach their goal. Your gift today will go directly to help proclaim the real truth of God's word to our hurting world. And after another deeply challenging year, I can't think of anything more important this Giving Tuesday. He cannot think of anything more, more important than on Giving Tuesday. It's for me to help them raise $25,000. I, I, I mean, what? I don't even know. What do you say there? What, what do you say? I, I, I don't know. Uh, Yes, your gift will help proclaim real truth to conquer the lies that hold so many captive so that more men and women can find real hope and real love in Christ. This is how you can make an eternal impact this Giving Tuesday. Please give generously to help meet the $25,000 one day goal. And And then it has a button here. Yes, here's my Giving Tuesday gift. Now, I'm not going to say, listen to me. I'm not saying that it's wrong for them to send that out. I find it a little ironic that on Giving Tuesday, they want me to give to them, and they're not emailing me asking how they could give to me. I mean, I find that somewhat ironic, a little bit, right? Giving Tuesday is for everyone other than ministries. Ministries don't minister or give on Giving Tuesday. They are to receive, right? I mean, you got to find it a little bit ironic. I'm not condemning it because I understand. Look, the, then they have a graphic here. It says, uh, Giving Tuesday, when you give your impact, you, you impact more lives for Christ and enable from his heart to expand its reach. All right. Then they say that uh, eight, uh, their website has reached over 85,841 people. Their broadcast has been streamed in 182 different countries, and they've aired on 800 plus radio stations. Now they want to expand. Well, I know this. You can't expand unless you have money. I Trust me, I understand that. I I completely know that. And someone had to had to uh, put together that this graph that has all of these statistics on it. Someone had to put all of the uh, the graphics that are used in the email. Someone had to come up with the email. They paid probably people to do that. I know someone who works uh at a church, who basically their job is kind of like graphic design. They're, they do the audio visual, they do website, they do they do. I mean, that's what they get paid to do. It's their full time job, and they make a living working at a church. Build, I mean they they create websites and all of these graphics, and they do the the bulletin and they do all of this stuff. And I'm like, well, that's yeah, you you your your ministry. You can really increase your ministry outreach when you literally can pay someone a full-time salary to say, hey, you help do all of these things. You take care of the audio. You take care of the vi- visual. You make sure the podcast gets uploaded. You do all of that. I, I, that that would be amazing. So I understand ministry money is needed for ministry. I do understand that. It's just how much then is it money that determines the success versus All the spiritual things we try to attribute to why they are succeeding. I guarantee you, if you ask this church why they're succeeding, God is moving. God is blessing. God is doing a great work. It's all the work of God. However, hey, God, uh, we're going to help you out. We need $25,000 in one day. So so that's the first one I received. Now, I received one at 529 a.m. before that. This one, it doesn't say much. It just says, uh, God is doing wonderful things through family radio, and it's because of the faithful giving of listeners like you. Uh, and then it, it tells you different people who gave, and it says, family radio's year-end campaign, campaign begins today, Giving Tuesday. Your giving makes a difference, and it says, give a gift, and I can call them. I can do all kinds of different ways, and I can give them a gift. They sent that out at, uh what time was that? That was 5... What what did I say? 5 something AM, 5 something AM. I don't have the, let me see. Let me go back to the date or the time here. Uh, That was received at 529, 529 AM. So there's 529 AM, all right? Then I'm trying to, I got this uh, all messed up uh, here on this website. Okay, here we go. Um, All right, actually, I started receiving some uh, oh, wait, wait a minute. 409. Oh, yes, here we go. At 409, I didn't even see this one. 409 a.m. They started coming in early, all right? Uh, here it, it says, if you could help change the world, would you? Would you change the world if you could? And it says, this Giving Tuesday, make an immediate impact that has an eternal difference. Think about the hope, joy, and peace you found by drawing near to God through you version. There are millions of people who still don't know what this resource is, that this resource is just a tap away. But just imagine what life change will happen when they find out. Help advance a global movement by supporting what God is doing through your you version. And then, uh, well, th- then I can give now. So again, uh, you see the emphasis Giving Tuesday, I give, and then I can make an eternal difference. That, that, that's how this works, and this just goes on. There's an, there's other. That, now that one doesn't give a dollar amount. Uh, okay, here's another one. This came in at seven a.m. See how much are they wanting me to give? Let me see here if, uh, how much it says. Um, do they give a dollar amount? All right, they uh. They they just tell me how many people that they've reached and that they need and I, I need to give so they can expand um, their ministry. So it's ba- basically a pretty temp- in other words, it was almost a template that went out for all the ministries to use. Okay, here we go. Um, where's the next one? Okay, here's this one. This one came in at seven seventeen a.m. All right, today is Giving Tuesday, and we've set a one day goal ten thousand dollars. So this ministry. Uh, this is Skip Heidzig. This is Skip Heidzig, and uh, it's a ten thousand dollar goal. So I've already had t- so two emails: one with a twenty five thousand dollar goal, another one with a ten thousand dollar goal. Two different ministries all wanting my money. Now those are just two that give their numbers. There's so that's it's see this one was sent at seven seven seventeen a.m. So by seven seventeen a.m. I already had I think um, five because I think I skipped one or two, I had between five and six emails already before 7.30 saying, it's Giving Tuesday, give us money. Two of them clearly set a one-day goal of a dollar amount. One is 25,000, one is 10,000. All right, let's continue. Oh, here's another one. This was 7.29. Oh, this one's great. It's Giving Tuesday, and we're pleased to announce a one challenge grant to help launch new Navigators into full-time disciple-making. This comes from the Navigators Ministry. So they want to raise $100,000. They got a $100,000 challenge grant to help launch new Navigators into full-time disciple-making. Hey, they want to make these people be full-time disciple-makers. And the way they can do this is I need to give them or help them raise $100,000. And then, hey, they can they can start their ministry. And I wish I could have started my ministry with a hundred thousand dollars. That would have been. Oh wait, we didn't have any money when we started the ministry. Okay, that's yeah. yeah it was a it was a group of people sitting in a, a literally an absolute abandoned building uh, and some little fold out chairs. Oh yeah, wires hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, that, that yeah. I remember those days. Okay, it says uh. Uh, It says SWAT team leader, Tony, K-O-L-L-I-A-S, is one of the new navigators your gift will help launch into full-time ministry. So I got to help this guy get into full-time ministry, full-time ministry, and uh, well, this $100,000 challenge grant. Uh, When I think about Tony, I'm reminded of the power of insiders. How would you feel if an outsider started coming around telling you how you should live, what you're doing wrong, and why you should change your behavior? Chances are you wouldn't be too interested. On the other hand, what if someone you trust, respect, and work with every day started telling you about good things that have happened because of something new they've discovered? Would you be open to listening? That's the power of the ministry of Portland SWAT team leader Tony Kalal. I don't know how to say his last name. First responders face harsh realities. You have heard uh, your your head's on a swivel, says Tony. Somebody might kill you any minute. So you operate on high alert. The problem is we come home depressed. Alcoholism is a problem. Many police officers are on their third marriage by the time they retire. My first t- 10 years as a police officer, my wife and I fought a lot. Then Jesus changed our hearts and saved our marriage. Tony began to ask the Lord, I'm yours. What do you want from me? Um, I don't have time for that, so... Basically, God tells him, hey, you you need to be uh, a ministry, a minister to the first responders because, you know, God speaks directly to people, I guess. So he goes on, tells this whole story. And so now uh, if you want to reach, if we want to reach first responders with the gospel, says Chris Green, founder of, of Nav Responders, we need to use insiders. Outsiders are not going to reach the culture. You can't go deep enough. If, you could, if if we could get everyone to be a Tony, a massive impact just in his agency, I bet he's impacted over 50 people. He's led numerous people to Jesus. He's per- personally disi- uh, discipled many. You can see why your gift uh, on this Giving Tuesday, matched by a $100,000 challenge grant, raised from those who know well the need of new navigators, is crucial. When you give today, your impact is doubled by the $100,000 challenge gift. So they have a hundred thousand dollars. If you give, then it's doubled. And then they're trying to raise, obviously, some serious cash so that they can help this person become a disciple maker. Like, I mean, I guess he's already a disciple maker because he's had this amazing impact. But now to be even a more impact, he needs money. And they want to give him a lot of money to help him even have more impact. See how it works? If you want your ministry to be successful, what do you need? You need money. And I could go on. I mean, we're almost at 45 minutes here. I literally, I could just go through email after email of all the ones that I keep receiving. Um, And some of these, then they double back around. Uh, some of them double back around. And when I say double back around, they come back and, and like send another email a couple of hours later. And I, I could just, man, there's, oh, here's another one. Uh, what is this one? Oh, this is from uh, Dr. Robert Jeffress, um, Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Okay. He's got what his, his sanctuary. You can look it up. First Baptist Church, Dallas, Texas, new sanctuary. It's in the millions and millions and millions of dollars. Like their sanctuary, it's a city in itself. My entire church could probably fit in their bathroom. Okay. So, so, but they're, they're, sent, they're sending me an email because they want money. And what do they want here? What are they trying to do here today? Do they give a dollar amount? Uh, let's see. They don't get, they don't. Oh, their generosity. So my generosity today will be doubled by the $1.5 million matching challenge. They have a $1.5 million matching challenge. I mean, these are gigantic numbers. We got 100,000. We got 25,000. We got 10,000. We got 1.5 million. They all want money. And they want money. And they all claim so that they can expand their outreach. They can grow the ministry so that they can be more successful. Now, you... Again, I find it ironic that it's Giving Tuesday and they all want me to give something to them. I do find that a little bit ironic. I do understand, though, that for them to continue their same level of outreach requires money. I mean, I've talked about it before. I know this. I know this. Like right now, like the, the platform that we are currently using right here on Spreaker, just just this one platform is $120. Wait, did it go to $140? 120, it's $120 or $140 a month just to do what I'm doing right here, $120 to $140 a month. We're still waiting to try to get a discount. We're hoping and hoping and hoping and hoping. Uh, we, we still got to figure that out. And I got to figure that out in the next couple of days. And then I get, uh, I get the, uh, you know, from the pod pages, that's uh, uh, over $15 a month for each one. SoundCloud's over $15 a month right there. Uh, we have the church website. That, that's uh, about $15, $20 a month right there. You just, you start adding it. If we're going to be on Podbean and try to reach there, that's $10 a month. You just, you just see it starts building and it starts building. I, so I understand it. I understand it. The issue is though, how much then of success is based off money and nothing else. See, we love to say this. We love to say this. Well, Christ said he would build his church. So he will build it. He will build it. That sounds so spiritual. Oh, it sounds so godly, right? So you just stand up and preach. Don't market. it. Don't do any outreach. Will, will it happen? I'm not saying it can happen, but I'm saying most ministries that grow, it's because what do they have? They have online presence. They have marketing. They have this. They have that. They have this. They have that. They're sending out flyers. They're doing this. They're inviting people. They're doing this. They're, and it all requires money. So what truly makes a ministry successful? We like to pretend that it's God. God. And I'm not, I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form, God is not responsible for the success of some ministries. But I think sometimes we can convince ourselves that God is moving when all that is really moving is our programs, our plans, our money, our personalities, and our agenda. That's what's moving. That's what's creating the buzz. That's what's creating the excitement. That's what's creating the growth. That's what's creating it. And we all sit back and convince ourselves, man, God is at work, God is at work, God is at work. And then when you're in the middle of nowhere and a little small church with almost nobody showing up, you can tell yourself, God, abandoned us. You know, the glory has departed. Close the doors down, burn the building, pretend it never happened, and everybody moved on because it was a colossal failure and we should all be embarrassed that we even thought we would ever accomplish something. Now, there could be times where that church that's growing and, and all of that, is ha- God could be moving, not saying that it can't happen. And there could be a situation where that little small church where nothing is going on is because, well, they are failing and God isn't moving. The problem is who gets to make that determination? How do you make that judgment? I think we always have to ask ourselves, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? And, and I think the only way to really judge ministry ultimately is faithfulness to God's word. Are we preaching and teaching God's word? Are we repenting of sin? Are we confessing that sin? It's not the perfection of the people involved. Right? I mean, Paul acknowledged his failures. So obviously he wasn't perfect. I, I just think it, we we should take time on this Giving Tuesday to really think about ministry and how we view it and how we perceive it and how and how and how should we how should we look at it? Because I I can't always say that I've looked at it correctly. I can't always say that I've looked at it correctly. And and I and I have look. I can't speak for someone who's the pastor of a big church. You, you've experienced something I never will because I'm never going to be the pastor of a big church. Never. One, I don't have the right personality for it. And I don't preach and teach in a way that's going to ever be successful. I understand that. And that's my own stupidity, right? I could say that I, I, maybe I'm just too hard-headed. I just believe that there needs to— I've always believed that there needs to be a church somewhere that does things somewhat differently, that not everyone has to follow the same, same template. And because I won't go along with the same template, I end up hurting myself but I still think there needs to be a place that's different. I, I just strongly believe that there is room big enough within Christianity to say, Hey, that's different. I think that's okay. Right? So, so I, I know that I hurt myself. So, but I, I can't speak for someone who lives in, a, uh, who lives, who um, is ministering in a big church. You've got your own issues. I know for me, what I have to do as I have to, one, try to constantly be honest and say, man, maybe maybe you're a failure. Maybe you should just give up. I have to at least consider that. At the same time, what I have to do is also remind myself that success in ministry is not always determined by the number of cars in the parking lot or how much money is coming in or how many people are listening or how many downloads you have, that that doesn't always determine success. Maybe there's a different way of measuring success. I don't know what that is other than am I being faithful to God and hopefully I'm benefiting someone somewhere. Now, I get emails at times encouraging me that I am being beneficial and I have to take that and go, okay, I'm going to trust that what they're saying is true and hope that God is working and just move forward. Sometimes Sometimes, you know what, you can't. I think sometimes trying to figure out, Is God at work or is God not at work? I think sometimes that can just be maddening, but I think it's something that we do have to at least consider that maybe our perspective on ministry is so horribly wrong. Maybe it is. Maybe yours is better than mine. Maybe mine is completely flawed. I don't know, but I just found it interesting that on Giving Tuesday, all the ministries want me to give to them. That's crazy. That is crazy. Now, I wish what I wanted to do we, we was we were going to try to give away a collection of uh, the Puritan paperbacks. They, they have a box set. We wanted to give one of those away, but they're, they're, we, we've been, we we've been giving away books in, in other capacities, in other different ways, helping some different people. So we've been doing that. So I don't have the ability now, but trust me, as soon as we can – we will try to give away that box collection, that box set of Puritan paperbacks. We will try to do that um, because I don't, I, you know, yeah, yeah, that I wish we could have done it today because I think that's what ministry should do on Giving Tuesday is we should give. We should give. And uh, I just know that I will do everything I can to give what I can while I'm here behind this microphone because that's the way it should work. It really should. I'm not condemning these ministries, make it very clear. I understand they need money. They don't have money. They're laying off staff. They don't have money. They're closing down office buildings. They don't have money. That massive outreach, that, you know, all, all that, what? I don't even remember how many hundreds of radio stations and all the places where their program is streamed. That's not going to happen. So I understand they need that money. I think it's a little ironic to, to go full-blown begging and asking for money on Giving Tuesday. It seems a little ironic to me. Maybe that's just me, but I sometimes have to ask ourselves, so much of what we see as successful ministry, is it nothing more than personality, programs, and money? And if all we've done is really build an earthly, a successful ministry from an earthly perspective, what eternal good did we do? I'm not saying that these ministries aren't doing eternal good. I can't see that. I can't know that. But it's something we have to ask ourselves because we can, we can convince ourselves that we're in the midst of some great move of God when all it is is a great move of money, programs, and personality. And personality, programs, and money can accomplish a lot. Look at what Mars Hill accomplished. The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast will show you they were spending money like crazy one program after another program expand, expand, expand. They were people were getting baptized, people were coming in. Then it all imploded. What happened to all of those people? Where are they at now spiritually? A lot of those people sound disgruntled, burnt out. Maybe don't even claim Christianity anymore. Well, then what? 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 What was all of that supposed success? Something to think about. I'll just I'll just stop right there. So many other thoughts I have on this subject, and I don't – I'm not saying that my perspective is right. I'm just, I'm just trying to ask questions here, just trying to ask questions because it just seems so ironic. And in fact, I'm just going to check my email one more time because I bet you I've gotten another email even in the last few minutes. It's just it's, – it's absolutely hilarious today just to watch, and it is fu- – I mean I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I, I, in fact, I'll just do this really quick. I, the last one was 436. Uh, one was the last one was 436. I will just do this for you just to show you why, from my perspective it's a little ironic. Let's see. a uh, cost of new First Baptist, Dallas, see, First Baptist, Dallas Sanctuary. okay, I think First Baptist, uh, $130 million. The, the price, price tag for the First Baptist of Dallas, they unveiled their new campus, and it was $130 million. million. Now, you just got to see the irony here. Here's a church that has a $130 million campus. In other words, they call it a campus, a $130 million church building. And I'm receiving an email (laughs) from them wanting me to give them money. You know what I almost wanted to do? I almost wanted to take a picture of my church and then send it to them going, uh, yeah, right. Come on. Really? Really, really, you want me to give you money? Really, really? Uh, okay, okay. We'll, we'll we'll get right on that. We'll get we'll get right on that. I'll never I'll never forget. Um, our, our our church building had a, a tornado ripped the roof off. <laughs> it was gone destroyed everything it was a, it was a mess oh man it was it was a sad day i remember standing here inside this building looking up and i could see outside cuz the roof was gone and i remember like that night or the next day i got a call from some ministry asking me for money and i literally just and and then we would get things in the mail from different ministries asking us to that, that they, they were trying to raise money for their new fellowship hall they were trying to raise money i can't remember and i, I literally would say sometimes i'm just going to take a picture of our building currently that we can't even meet in and we had we spent 2 years meeting in a fellowship hall at a community center not a fellowship hall a community center because well we didn't have a building um, until we got this put back together. It took two years. I wanted to send some of those ministries that were asking us money, a picture of the church going, really, you're gonna ask? I don't even have a roof on my building and you're sending me things. Now, I know they didn't know, but sometimes it just seems like the, Robert Jeffress has a church building of $130 million. And I get any, I got, I think, two emails from his ministry today, maybe three. I don't even know. Asking me for money. And, and here I sit in an empty sanctuary in the middle of nowhere, Texas. <laughs> Our building is probably not even worth $15,000, okay? The whole building is probably not even worth $15,000. Who knows? And it's like, come on now, come on. It just, now I know they don't know that. I don't know they don't know who they're sending it to. But that's one of those things I hate about those mass emails that just get sent to anyone and everyone with no thought of who they're sending it to, No, no understanding of any context and how utterly foolish it appears. But yeah, you can, you can look it up. You can look up the, the, uh, their campus. It was a big deal when it was being built here in Texas. They were like, this is amazing futuristic. This is crazy. And and like how amazing it was going to be. And I was just sitting there going unbelievable, unbelievable. And I wonder once they built that $130 million building, how many new people walked through the front door? But you know what? If you have a hundred and thirty million dollar building, you probably do need money to help maintain everything that's required to upkeep and just keep that place going and keep that ministry going. So I, I mean, again, I'm not going to condemn them for asking for money. I guess I just think it's, I don't know. I just sometimes I just don't know what we see in church. How much of how much of it is God, and how much of it is just human ingenuity, money personality? How much of it is just us? And if it's just us, then are we really having an eternal comp, uh, an eternal impact? Are we just building many earthly kingdoms? I don't know. You can tell me your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. All right. Thanks, everyone. And I should be back on the air here shortly. We got some other things to do. All right. Thanks for listening. God bless.